Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Packs it for three. Yeah! yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself. Oh my MVP gosh, it's time. Over. All right, so the All-Star break's behind us. I don't know what the Bulls are looking like out of the break. They started out really slow, looking really bad against the Philadelphia 76ers and the Miami Heat. Then they make a lineup change, and all of a sudden they're a whole new team against Toronto and Oklahoma City. Obviously, they play the San Antonio Spurs tonight, Wednesday night. We'll see how they look against them, but I really don't know what to make of this team. I keep saying I think they're going to make the playoffs, but with the way things are going, I don't know if I want them to make the playoffs necessarily anymore. Welcome into the Believe in Bulls podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, everybody. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. Great to be back with you. Yeah, the Bulls are confusing once again, and I don't think this is in a bad way. They're confusing. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces. This is still a rebuild situation. Like, for lack of a better term, it is a rebuild or a retool, whatever you want to call it. They've got a coach in Billy Donovan who you wouldn't bring in for a full-on knockdown rebuild. And yet, they came out of the All-Star break looking absolutely awful. And when I say awful, I mean they lost to the Philadelphia 76ers, 127-105. to That was a 76ers team that did not have Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. Now keep in mind, The last time the Bulls played the 76ers, it took 50 points from Joel Embiid for the Sixers to win. That was a winnable game for the Bulls. Then the next night, the Miami Heat come to town, and they win 101-90. That score is closer than the game actually was. They looked bad out of the gate, almost laughably bad. With the trade deadline coming up later this month, something needed to happen. Well, a report came out. Saturday night, March 13th, that Billy Donovan's making a change to the starting lineup. And it's not exactly a little change. He's taking Kobe White and Wendell Carter out and putting Tomas Sadoransky and Thaddeus Young in. And in those two games against a very shorthanded Raptors team, 
Bulls win 118-95. to And then Tuesday night, they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now remember, the Thunder pulled off a big-time comeback against the Bulls the last time they played. Bulls won 123-102 to behind a 40-piece from Zach Levine. So I don't know where this team is at. The trade deadline, this episode is dropping on St. Paddy's Day, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day. The trade deadline is a little more than a week away. I don't know if the Bulls should buy or if they should sell. Because with the way this lineup looks with these first two games, now again, context is key. That's the biggest thing in sports, and that's the biggest thing about being an NBA fan in particular. Context is key. As I said, that was a shorthanded Raptors team because they're dealing with injuries, health and safety protocols. Kyle Lowry got ejected late in the game. That's got to be taken into consideration. And then the Thunder game on Tuesday night, I thought that was a good win. I mean, I wouldn't say they should have lost that game necessarily. I mean, they were favored by six going in, which if anyone had the over in that game, I want to say it closed at 226 and a half. I will pour one out for you because that was the baddest of beats because that game was trending over the entire game until the last minute when the bench mobs came in and the under hit. I want to say it opened at 225 and a half and the total was 225. So I will pour one out for you if you had the over in that game because that was just a bad beat and I really hope that that leads or will be one of the leads of Scott Van Pelt's bad beats on SportsCenter Monday night. But going back to the game itself, obviously Zach Levine dropping 40 is going to be huge if you're going to beat a team like Oklahoma City. But I wouldn't say that was a legitimate win with this lineup because as we sit here now, let's look at the standings in the NBA. The Bulls currently sit in ninth in the standings. The Thunder, meanwhile, in the Western Conference are out of the playoff hunt. They are currently in 12th in the Western Conference. So that kind of puts into perspective that this was a fairly evenly matched game in terms of standings placement and how they're doing this year. The Spurs game Wednesday night is going to be big, obviously, as well, because the Spurs are currently 7th in the West. So that's going to be a decent barometer for how this new starting lineup's looking, but Billy Donovan's not messing around. And as I said, as I started the show, you don't bring in a coach like Billy Donovan if you're going to knock everything down and rebuild. Arturo's Karnaschovas even said, this is more of a retool. But what is the difference between a retool and a rebuild other than not knocking everything down? Like, do you knock almost everything down? Do you maybe just knock some stuff down? What do you do in a retool that is different? It's hard to say what direction Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley are going to go just because we don't know their tendencies yet. I talked about this last week with my buddy Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago. I had him on the show last week. Go check out that episode. There are a lot of good nuggets from Rob, and it was a really interesting conversation. But Rob even said, we don't know their tendencies. We don't know how this front office is going to operate. I mean, we knew John Paxson and Gar Foreman were going to try and maybe bargain hunt or try to rebuild and fail because they were here forever. Karner Chauvis and Eversley are in their first season. They're calling this an evaluation year. Karner Chauvis has even said he doesn't see players as trade pieces. So we don't know what's going to happen in a week just because we're not familiar enough with how this front office is going to operate. And ESPN put out a story. You have to be an ESPN Plus subscriber to read it. And fortunately, I am. So I'll give you some 
some insight out of this. But basically what they're saying is the Bulls, where they stand, ninth in the Eastern Conference, possible trade candidates Thaddeus Young and Lowry Markkinen. And it goes into saying, Arturis Karnaschovas, Chicago's first-year vice president of basketball operations, neatly summed up the trade market in a pre-All-Star break news conference, quote, expanding the playoffs to 10 teams and then two or three are still delusional and think they can make it to 10. That makes for a very interesting trade deadline, he said with a smile. Let's pause there for a second. So is he delusional thinking this team can make the playoffs? Or is he one of those teams that's going to think, like, this is where my team is at, but here's where they probably should be. So we're going to look toward the future a little bit and where they should be. Let's knock it down, go for the draft. We're really not sure. And this article, which is, by the way, written by Tim Bontemps at ESPN, he also writes, what seems clear is that the Bulls want to be one of those 10 teams themselves. And it goes on to say, reference coach Billy Donovan's decision to bench Kobe White and Wendell Carter in favor of Tomas Sadaransky and Thaddeus Young for Sunday's win over the Toronto Raptors. Quote, they're tr- clearly trying to win when they are benching those two young guys, said a West executive. Patrick Williams and Zach Levine, I think, are untouchables. Otherwise, they're open. So we've heard that rumor. We've also heard the rumors about, are they going to be buyers at the deadline? Well, if you're going to be buyers, you're probably not going to trade Thaddeus Young or Lowry Marketing. But if you're going to sell, maybe work toward the draft, you could unload those guys for some good picks. I mean, the Bulls have draft capital as we speak. I mean, in this year's NBA draft, the Bulls have a good amount of picks. And here's what they have even for the next couple years, what they've got going for them. This is according to Real GM. First round picks coming up from 2021 through 2027. The Bulls have all of their first round picks. The second round picks. The Bulls have their 2021 second round pick. 2022 is complicated. Not really sure what the situation is with that. 2023, they traded to Washington. 2024 to 2027, they have. So they have draft capital here. But the question becomes, do you turn the first round pick in 2021 into a lottery pick and work your way down in the standings and miss the playoffs so you can be in the lottery? Well, this draft isn't as impressive as last year's was. and I mean, last year's outside of the top three wasn't really a consensus, but I mean, the Bulls got a really good one in Patrick Williams at number four. But this year's draft isn't anything really outside of Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State, who I think is your projected number one. I'm not really sure who's going to be there. That would be a difference maker instead of maybe trading a guy at the deadline for someone who can make an impact now. I mean, like I said, you've got Cade Cunningham. Another name I'm going to look at in just a little bit is Io DeSumo at Illinois. Maybe he could be a fit. But we got to look at the Bulls' big needs right now. I mean, if they're going to buy at the deadline, which again, is coming up March 25th. That is a week from tomorrow. I'm recording this on Wednesday. This will drop on Wednesday. So Thursday, March 27th, they'll have a special episode out if the Bulls do anything. The Bulls need a point guard. And I'm sorry to Kobe White. I think I, I might be being a little unfair toward Kobe White because the defense against him is that he should be a junior in college now. He's still raw. He's still finding his place in the game. 
if the Bulls are in win-now mode, if they're going to be buying at the deadline, Kobe White can't be your true point guard because he's not a true point guard. He's a catch-and-shoot guard. Even against the Thunder Tuesday night, he was trying to facilitate. He wasn't doing much of the catch-and-shoot. I mean, it helped that Zach Levine had 40 points and Lauer Markkinen had 20. But still, you didn't see a lot of the catch-and-shoot from Kobe White. Now, against the Raptors, you did when he poured in 17. So Kobe White is not your point guard. And I know Billy Donovan's trying to make him one. I get that. I mean, I trust Billy Donovan's basketball insight. I mean, the guy won two national championships at Florida. He took five different Oklahoma City rosters to the playoffs. I mean, this guy wins, so I trust him. But if you're going to be in win-now mode, and when I say win-now mode, I mean if you're going to be playing to make the playoffs this year, Kobe White can't be your point guard. I mean, even since Tomas Sadoransky has jumped into the starting lineup the last two games, again, context is still key. When Sato's been in the lineup, the Bulls' offense looks like a well-oiled machine because it's running through a facilitator in Tomas Sadoransky. Kobe White would be a score-first point guard, and his passing ability is okay. I mean, he had a couple questionable passes against the Thunder, but everybody does. I'm not sold on Kobe White as your point guard. I mean, again, I keep beating my chest for Lonzo Ball. I think he'd be a good fit. I don't know if he's even available. I mean, there were rumors. I don't know if he's available yet. But Lonzo Ball would be a good fit. They also need a big man. I feel like I'm kind of explaining why these two guys went to the bench. Because, sorry, Wendell Carter, 6'10", it's too short. I mean, Larry Marketing is 7 foot. He could feasibly be a big man, but he doesn't have the big man presence. He is very much a big man who can shoot. He's there for offense. The Bulls need a big man down low. I'm not talking Andre Drummond, by the way. I really don't want Andre Drummond. I don't think he fits in. I think he's more of a rebounder. I don't think he's all there on the offensive end. I mean, he can get into foul trouble. Maybe he, maybe he can be a backup if the Bulls want to go big. But I, I'm not sold on the Andre Drummond idea. And that's something I talked about with Rob last week. That's not at all what I'm trying to insinuate here. I'm saying they need the seven-footer for matchups. And Lowry Markin is a defensive liability, so take Lowry Markin out of the equation. I mean, they can go small like they're doing. I mean, you've got Thaddeus Young at the five, and I think that's working out really well. I mean, Thad's putting up some good numbers. He looked good against the Thunder. And again, we'll see how it goes. If there was more time before the trade deadline, I wouldn't be sitting here looking for answers right now. I'd be saying, okay, well, watch the game, see how this lineup looks against better opponents, and go from there. We have eight days until the trade deadline. And as I started recording, we do have a trade reported from my buddy Sham Sharania, friend of the show. Trevor Ariza is going to the Miami Heat for Myers Leonard and a 2027 second round draft pick. And Myers Leonard, I believe, will be released by the Thunder. And I know he got into some trouble this week for something he said on Twitch stream, which I will definitely not say on the air. The point is, there was a trade just today. It's trade season. It's going to be heating up. Teams are going to be making their playoff push or making their push for a top draft pick. Last year's draft, going into it, we kept talking about, okay, you've got Anthony Edwards, you've got LaMelo Ball, you've got James Weissman. Those were your top three. You wanted to have one of those top three picks. But then again, outside of the top three, there weren't any bad picks. I mean, Patrick Williams was the fourth pick. People ripped it at the time. I didn't know who he was at the time. I think he's going to turn into a damn good player. This year, I keep thinking the name I think of in the NBA draft that's going to make waves is Cade Cunningham. That's the only name. I mean, this draft is nothing really all that impressive in my opinion. 
some of the other names you see in this draft. I mean, you've got Evan Mobley from USC, Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga. Jalen Suggs is going to be a good player one day. I will get, I will say that. He's no Kid Cunningham, but Jalen Suggs is a name to watch this year t- as well. Jalen Green at the G League. You've got Scotty Barnes at Florida State, who I'm also kind of high on, not exactly Cade Cunningham level. But, I mean, all these names, I mean, I have to dig. I mean, Jalen Johnson from Duke, I'm not that impressed with him. And he's even on this mock draft, that I, on this list that I'm seeing, they've got him projected number 21 overall. And, I mean, you saw what he did at Duke. I mean, he, his opting out, I mean, you can react to that however you want. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what a 18-year-old kid should have done. But it's just food for thought that this draft, it's really, I'm reaching for some of these names outside of your basically consensus number one out of Oklahoma State. Maybe the NCAA tournament will help. I mean, I love watching March Madness anyway, but maybe this year I'll start watching for who the Bulls could take. And a name that's jumping out, I mean, obviously probably not there in the first round. What about a guy like Io DeSumo at Illinois? I mean... He's a score-first point guard. He's not exactly a facilitator, but even so, he's the only player in the last 11 years in the NCAA to average 20 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists. And he's a closer. That's the big thing. He is a closer for the Illinois Fighting Illini. I mean, he could be someone to watch in terms of a score-first point guard. And I'm looking at a couple mock drafts now. I don't know where he's going to fall. Maybe maybe late first round. He's not a lottery pick, I can tell you that. This mock draft I have here from NBC Sports Bay Area has the Bulls taking Zaire Williams, a small forward out of Stanford. Now, obviously, mock drafts right now are meaningless because you really don't know where these teams are going to shake out with the lottery and whatnot. But it is good insight to start to figure out, okay, where do these writers think these players are going to fall? And so far, I'm going through this list. NBC Sports Bay Area has Iota Sumu going 23rd overall to Houston. And they've got him listed as a shooting guard. So he'd be another Kobe White project. I mean, he's the point guard for the Fighting Illini right now. But I think he's more of the shooting guard type. And when I say that, I'm talking about the fact that he's a closer. That's one thing I like about him. I had him on my ballot for National Player of the Year instead of Luca Garza at Iowa, who's not an NBA player. Because Io is a closer, and he has that intangible there. The Bulls need a closer. And obviously, a guy like Io DeSumo, fresh out of college, he's not going to come in and be the closer I keep saying the Bulls need. Granted, Zach Levine is turning into one. Io has the clutch gene if you need it, and that could develop in the NBA. I think he'll be a great NBA player. So maybe he could be a route they go in the draft. It'd be based on draft position. If you have a lottery pick, you're not going to take Iota Sumo in the lottery. I mean, I like the kid. I've watched him all year just watching Illini basketball because I'm from the area. I've watched Illini basketball all season. He's not a lottery pick. But I think he could be a good mid to late first round pick if the Bulls maybe fall down that far. And I think he could fit in well with this lineup. Now, it added in questions like, okay, what about Zach's future? What about Lowry's future? There are a lot of things to consider, but he's a name to watch. For sure. I mean, if you if you want to get in the lottery, I mean, Cade Cunningham is the guy. I mean, I am a big fan. He's a big reason I have Oklahoma State going to my Elite Eight in my bracket. I love that kid. But if you're not getting the number one pick, you're not going to get him. And I don't think the Bulls should be playing for the number one pick because I don't think 
they need to be in that lottery because the look at the roster. It's close to a playoff roster, in my opinion. I mean, I look at the good. Zach Levine, Patrick Williams. I'll throw Lowry Markkinen in there because he looked good this year. Thaddeus Young looks good. Garrett Temple and Tomas Sadoransky, I'm both going to say, look good in terms of their veteran leadership. On my eh list, my three tiers here, my eh, like okay-ish, Wendell Carter, Kobe White, Denzel Valentine, who I borderline, I'm not exactly a big Denzel fan, and Brian Archie Diacono, who I'm also not a big fan of. And then the bad is your Daniel Gafford, Cristiano Felicio, and Luke Cornett, who really shouldn't be on the team anymore anyway. But Wendell Carter and Kobe White, they show flashes of these big games and what they could be. And they're just inconsistent. And the fact that they're benched now, I mean, maybe that'll light a fire under them. Denzel Valentine, I mean, I know Denzel. I, I've His brother Drew coaches at Loyola. I got to know Drew well when I went to school there covering the Ramblers for the Loyola Phoenix. Denzel's a good guy, but it's time to move on from the Denzel experiment because there are times he shoots him out of games. And Ryan Archie Diacono, I'm just not a, not a fan of. I, that was the Jim Boylan guy, and i not a fan. The one thing I will say I agree with Jim Boylan on, I think it was the only thing I agreed with Jim Boylan on, was Kobe White coming off the bench because he dropped 17 on Oklahoma City off the bench. And I think Kobe White anchoring the bench mob is a really, really good move. So we'll see what happens next week at the deadline. That's going to be the big focus coming up is what the Bulls do. It will determine, basically, if they go to the playoffs or not or if they're pushing for the playoffs or not. Because if they buy, they're going to be, okay, maybe they're in the hunt for this thing. Because as we sit here now, they're a game and a half back of Boston for that sixth spot, which is out of the play-in tournament and into the playoffs. But at the season end of right now, the Bulls will be in the play-in tournament, and they have a game-and-a-half cushion to be in the play-in tournament for the playoffs. So I really don't know what direction AK and Eversley are going to go. But it's going to be really interesting to watch over the next week. It'll be a great distraction from whatever the hell the Bears are doing on the lakefront. I, I promised myself I wouldn't even bring it up because this is a Bulls podcast. But the Andy Dalton signing is absolutely stupid and idiotic. And I... I needed the distraction, which is why I'm trying to look at like the good for the Bulls here. But we'll have that going for us this week. We can talk trade deadline while ignoring the incompetency that is the Chicago Bears. Because that, I, I, don't, I don't understand what they're doing. I'm going to be a guest on Joey Christopoulos' Believe podcast, Believe in Betting Chicago, this week. Tune in for that. I'll tweet the link out. I'm talking to him Thursday, March 18th. And I have a feeling that will come up because we need the distraction right now then the Bulls are going to provide that distraction with what they're doing in the next week at the trade deadline. Let's look at the upcoming schedule here as we do to end every show. Coming up for the Bulls, as I said, on St. Patrick's Day, Wednesday, March 17th, they take on the San Antonio Spurs. That game will tip off at 7 p.m. And then the Bulls head to Denver on March 19th to Detroit, Sunday, March 21st. Return home to take on the Utah Jazz, March 22nd. And then next Wednesday, March 24th, the day before the trade deadline, they take on the Cleveland Cavaliers at 7 p.m. I'll have a special trade deadline show coming out next week, hoping to have a good guest on that. But either way, I expect the Bulls to do something in the next week. And if anything breaks, I will have an emergency reaction podcast for you right here on the Bully Podcast Network. That is all the time I have for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Looking forward to talking trade deadline with you again next week. 
here on the Believe in Bowl podcast, on the Believe Podcast Network. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review, too. I promise I do read those. I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.